Hello, and welcome to Digital Marketing Musings. Each episode, we choose a different expert to discuss the latest and greatest in digital marketing. Today, we're sitting down with Chris Lawson, Dan Cusio, and Libby Knowles to talk about supporting the financial services vertical via digital media. I'm Gaia Reed. And I'm Andrea McCartney. And this is Digital Marketing Musings. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we're joined by Chris Lawson, Dan Cusio, and Libby Knowles, who are going to give us insight into the financial service verticals. Um, and we're going to go around the table and ask everyone to introduce themselves. So, Chris, could you tee us off? Yeah, thanks, Guy. Uh, Chris Lawson, I have been with Merkel for over five years now, um, currently working with a large student loan lender in the student loan industry, um, and I've uh, been on there about two years now. Great. And Dan, pass it over to you. Yeah, my name is Dan Cusio. Um, I've been at Merkel almost seven years now. Um, I've been fortunate to work on the, the same insurance client since joining Merkel, so have a, a, a lot to share um, today, but also worked with a number of financial service clients, so uh, investing in, in banking. Time passes very quickly here at Merkel. <laughs> um, Libby, wrapping it up with you. Hey everyone, I'm Libby Knowles. Um, I have been at Merkel and working on my clients for a little over two years, um, and I'm on specifically financial services clients, so it's um, I really focus on digging into the industry. Um, I work with Dan on the insurance client and then um, banking and asset and wealth management. Well, welcome. Yes, welcome. So, I work with a lot of retail clients and I'm always so curious about the financial services clients and how they different, uh, differ between retail clients. Uh, Chris, can you give us some background on that? Yeah, for sure. So I, I mentioned I've been with my current client in financial services for just over two years now. Uh, but prior to that, all of my experiences was within retail, uh, primarily, um, you know, dealing with uh, products and vendors that have large amount of products that they offer, thousands of SKUs, dealing with PLAs primarily. Um, so it's definitely a different environment uh, and strategy when it comes to dealing with financial services. There, you know, you go from a catalog of thousands of products down to, in some cases, just one. Uh, for the most part, what I deal with right now is just student loans. So in a lot of ways, a lot of the messaging and keywords that we're using are focused around one product. Uh, so there's a lot more focus and emphasis, I would say, on some of those nitty gritty details. Uh, there's a lot more granular testing with messaging um, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, legal requirements that come around that too. Obviously, financial services, specifically lending, has a lot of restrictions with fair lending. Um, so that's also uh, something that uh, differs quite a bit from from retail, whereas with retail, I felt like we were just trying to skirt around Google policies, uh, but then there's a little bit more legal ramifications now uh, with making sure everything is, is in line. So in terms of legal ramifications, is this literally ad copy that you have to go through, or is this uh, on-page copy everything like what can you give me some more details on that everything uh okay that that was quite a shock for me i was used to <laughs> update an ad copy just uh if there was like you know a change in 
a percentage for a sale <laughs> discount or anything like we would just hop in and do it but now uh there's pretty robust legal review process uh so there's there's that the, that's definitely one of the probably bigger things that we see on a continuous basis uh but there's also larger strategy restrictions with targeting by different demographics uh age you know okay a, a, a ton of those but uh yeah, it's it's a different ball game um, <laughs> with legal. Okay, I feel like I must be in like the wild wild west with uh, with retail of like anything goes, and then financial services seems much more like okay, this is how we do things. Yeah, it definitely it definitely feels <laughs> that way. I, I really had to pump the brakes when I when I changed uh, <laughs> change verticals. So the other thing that's also coming to mind is with uh, with retail we have a lot of keywords that we're potentially going after at any given time. Financial services, what does that look like? So for my account, at least, and I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of, uh, it's consistent across a lot of financial service clients. Uh, you might have a, a large percentage of your, of your traffic coming through like a handful of keywords. So there's obviously ways to get more granular with that doing, um, you know, separated campaigns based on uh, with different targeting of locations or different audiences. Uh, The goal really there is to help tailor some of the messaging. Um, So if you can get a little a little more catered to the uh, to the searcher while also meeting the legal requirements, uh, that's one way to, like I said, get even more granular, whereas with retail, if somebody's searching for that specific product, really, it just comes down to like, what's the price and maybe some of the value adds of like customer service and whatever. Um, but we really have to take those small buckets of keywords and get as granular as we can. And obviously we're talking about digital media on this show. So when I'm thinking about the difference between retail and financial services, and when you mention the difference in targeting restrictions, it definitely makes me think of, you know, Google and Facebook and all these platforms have been working really hard to roll out these products that are a little bit more black box, way more automated. How how do you manage um, with, a, you know, a program um, when maybe some of those uh, platforms or products that they're offering aren't? Um, given the green light to be able to use, be used on financial services. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty hot topic. I feel like within this vertical, uh, you know, part of it is I think a lot of those new products uh, like the SA 360s out there uh, that do incorporate a lot of those black box elements and um, restrictions on visibility they're not they were made more for a retail environment now they've they're evolving to be more enticing in the financial service realm but again you know at least from my experience there's still going to be uh there's still going to be legal concerns because they need the client needs to be able to defend themselves legally uh so they don't always just rely on google for that sort of policing um, so they want to know, like, okay, what are the demographics and, and indicators that Google's using to to decide how to uh, optimize this program? And obviously, you're not going to get those answers 
Um, but I will say just for everyone out there, one way I've kind of gotten around that is if you give a list of, or you can ask Google what parameters don't you use? And sometimes that's sufficient for Google, I mean, for the legal teams, uh, because that kind of checks all the boxes of the, the elements they're concerned with. Um, but yeah, it's a, a lot of extra work. <laughs> that's a smart way around it. That's why people hire us. Um, so on the same kind of thread of like retail compared to financial services, it's July as we're recording this. Um, but I know a lot of retail accounts are already planning for Q4 and the Q4 holiday coming upon us. What does seasonality um, kind of look like with financial services clients? And, and maybe I can pass this to Dan. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely seasonality um, with the majority of financial clients. Uh, typically, we see it being uh, New Year's um, around, you know, Q1 tax season. Um, you know, a lot of people are trying to get smarter with their finances. The The New Year's resolution dev definitely comes into play there. Um, but also taxes, you know, there's sometimes disposable income available for people. So uh, for the majority of the time, it is kind of Q1. Um, it's definitely depending on the type of financial client, though. Um, you know, typically we do see a, a longer buying journey, um, you know, especially in the investing and banking. So uh, with with those clients, it, it just really depends on where they're at in their life. Um, you know, for the insurance side of the house, um, you know, it, it depends on what type of uh, insurance they're in the market for. Um, so that's kind of why we always recommend that. Uh, funnel approach because um, sometimes they do need more education. So, you know, the seasonality Q1, it, it you know, with the disposable income, there might not be a big of a lag, but, you know, in the, you know, like you mentioned, we're in, we're in July now. Um, so we might need to do a little bit more education um, during this time. Um, yeah, definitely not sure if that's um, how it is, Chris, for, for SEM, but that's what we're seeing. Uh, for display and social. Yeah, I think, um, so obviously it's all financial services, but even within like different industries of financial services, I think that does vary. Like uh, you reference, um, you know, banking and uh, those types of fields with the end of the year. But for uh, what I'm dealing with now in student loans, this is our peak season um, and that it's, it's really broadly stretch from really uh, starts to ramp up in the spring. And then we really hit uh, the peak days in August. Uh, so it's, it's a little different when you're comparing it to retail. Uh, the preparation, I would say, is somewhat similar. Like you, you do all your planning during the slower times and like you're everyone's geared up, ready to go. And, and you're, um, you know, enacting everything during the peak time, but it's definitely not as stressful of a sprint. Like I remember with retail, uh, granted retail is getting more and more spread. It's like, uh, like instead of black Friday, it's like cyber week and it's like cyber month now. Uh, but still there was some big days where I recall some, some of my retail clients, like their cyber Monday was as big as their whole month of March. So there's really a lot of pressure to, to make or break, uh, there, whereas now it's, um, you know, spread over a couple months. 
So one thing as we've been talking that I've been wondering about is competition. Like it seems very fierce within the financial service industry, especially if you're talking about only going after a certain set of keywords, certain set of product lines, those sorts of things. Uh, Libby, can you give me a little bit of insight about that and how you think about the competition? Yeah, so um, I think what's really interesting about the financial services kind of industry as a whole in, in that it's different from retail um, too, is that we look at competitive sets a little bit differently, almost in two separate groups. So we've got traditional business competitors, you know, competing with products and services kind of one-to-one -one there. But then we also have our search competitors that are um, maybe not even selling anything. So that um, really changes the way we have to think about optimizing our pages. So we can optimize product pages to compete with business competitors um, in a very traditional sense, but then we're seeing huge aggregators take over this space as well. And that's been a bigger and bigger trend over the last couple of years. So the nerd wallets and the policy geniuses of the world, um, Quick, you know, where question we- Question for you related to that. Uh, mm -hmm. Are the nerd wallets and I'm sorry, I can't remember the other example you gave. Are they held to the same legal restrictions that your clients are or is it no. more free for all for them? So, okay. um, you know, we don't have as much insight into their legal team process and compliance, but um, that is one of the things we really grapple with on a day to day basis is the keywords we can target versus what they can target. So, yeah. um, you know, we can't title a page best insurance policy. Legal would not go for that at all, um, but they can. And, you know, we don't want to just not rank there. So it's kind of um, a, a thrilling dance of where can we slide a keyword like best in or like great value or, or affordable? Um, where can we get those in so that we're level setting with consumers? You know, we can't say most affordable, but um, but making sure they know it, it still is within their price range and competing with right. those aggregators on things like that. So really does all, all tie in when you think about the competitors <laughs> and what we can target versus what they can. Definitely. Uh, Dan or Chris, similar experiences for your side of things or different or how do, how do you grapple with the competition? Yeah, I think, you know, for, for display and social, it's really working with our, our internal team um, leveraging the tools that, that they have, you know, as, as Libby mentioned, um, we want to see what our competitors are doing. But one thing that, that we noticed has really worked well um, is to make sure you connect with your, your customers. Um, you know, you're going to get some not so, so great feedback, but also positive feedback. So, you know, especially on, on social, you see a, a lot of comments um, and you just want to make sure you're, you're listening and, and addressing that feedback head on. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything that was said there. Um, these aggregators are across the spectrum, right? But the I, I've noticed that within SEM specifically in the past year, they've really made uh, a large impact um, from from what I've been dealing with, um, and that's really been driving up the cost of uh, our keywords as a result because of that increased competition. So. There's a lot of discussions around how to approach that because, you know, typically the queries that they are they are going after are a little bit more like upper mid funnel. Um, so, you know, we always want to preach that full funnel strategy and mm -hmm. getting the people in um, initially. But 
it, it's even more important now because a lot of those initial searches, and we already referenced like the journey between initial search and actually uh, converting is really long. So if that initial touch uh, that these aggregators are having, they could be directing them to uh, whomever they're they're working with, and then you've kind of lost that opportunity um, that quickly. So th there's kind of an emphasis on maybe we need to focus a little bit more on the upper mid funnel because we know that that is where uh, these people are being pulled out of the out of the um, auction and, and away from us. Um, so lifetime value, big big buzzword we like to throw around and, and really assessing like what's the value of those people uh, on that initial touch, whether it's you know SEM display, uh, social, any any channel. Can you all provide any insight into the typical target markets or how you think about targeting for financial services and, and how they might differ from each other? And maybe throw this to Chris. Yeah, so um, obviously we talked about the, the targeting is, is restrictive uh, for a lot of demographics and financial services because of, um, you know, the, the legal ramifications. But there, there's a couple of things you can still do. Uh, there's a lot of products out there, um, Merkle offering a lot of them that, that can help uh, identify and, and analyze your customer lists and help generate uh, different capabilities with similar audiences for uh, targeting, targeting in that way. Um, but something that we've looked at is, is, say I want to target people that are you know, just getting out of high school, uh, about to start their college journey, um, maybe looking for student loans. Uh, it, we can't target based on their age, but what are some elements and interests that people that age have? So like TikTok users and like going to those platforms. Um, there's also uh, different list affinity audiences in, in Google uh, that you can leverage that can target those specific interests. Um, and then you just have to stay close to the data to make sure that it's actually uh, differentiating from, from the average uh, to gauge the, the success of it. So the, the targeting aspect, uh, it's, it's still there. There's ways to do it. You just got to get a little creative uh, and throw some spaghetti at the wall sometimes. I definitely agree with throwing spaghetti at the walls. It, it feels like that to target for organic search too and, and what we can optimize for for our target audience. Um, that's where it gets really into um, consumer behavior and and kind of analyzing the, um, the life stage that they're in because for financial services, um, for example, we looked into the mass affluent audience with banking. That's a huge consumer base right now coming of age, um, making enough money to be considered in the mass affluent audience, and that's what's being targeted, but not a single person in the mass affluent audience would search mass affluent banking account. So, um, you know, you're not optimizing for that. You're optimizing for the type of life stage they're in and when they might be looking for an account like that. So, like preferred banking or like first family bank account. Um, things that are more descriptive of what might be happening and what might matter to them versus um, being able to just kind of pick a keyword um, that you might be able to do in retail, you know, 
dresses for tall people or, or things like that, you know, our users aren't searching for themselves that way. They don't define themselves in their searches. So that's an interesting thing we see with, with trying to target our consumers specifically. It's just a little bit of guess and check, but um, really trying to understand what, what they need and what they want. Cool. So can you discuss the importance of brand reputation management? I feel like that's probably a huge conversation within uh, the competition side of things. And Libby, I don't know if you have any thoughts that you want to share initially. Yeah, absolutely. This is a a big focus, especially when you're talking about money and people's finances. Um, Dan touched on earlier, um, you know, just interacting with your consumers and kind of building trust and and reputation in that way. But um, it's a big thing for search as well when you have an article out there in search results that um, is using keywords and targeting keywords with your brand that we wouldn't necessarily naturally target to. Um, It's a lot of figuring out, you know, how do we reach our consumers um, in the same way an article that is talking about us is, um, but getting them the right information and, and not kind of making a comeback, if you will, but um, being able to really tout your brand, um, but outrank big aggregators that can talk about you in a, in a different way than you can talk about yourself. And so building consumer trust is kind of the first building block of that, but um, then being able to follow through with it and really be what comes across to consumers as a partner and an unbiased source for, for their information without... Um, you know, kind of marring your reputation to just tout your own brand. One thing that's coming to mind as you're speaking is the your money, your life uh, principles and like algorithm updates and those sorts of standards that we're held to is as SEOs. I imagine there's probably something comparable on the, the SEM side of things as well. But as you were talking about, like building consumer trust and like having like good quality information definitely, definitely came to mind. Yeah, that's where it's it's hard to at times compete against those big aggregators too because they have so much authority in the space. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to it for consumers, you know, the experts are the brands that are offering policies or offering bank accounts. Um, so it can be tricky to kind of say that to your consumers, we're the experts, but at the same time you want, you want information that isn't from a brand all the time. So um, definitely Google rankings in that sense with authority is a big player in what we do. Yeah. And I think uh, from looking at other channels as well, there's, I mean, a lot of it's monitoring, uh, especially when you get into like everything that can go on on social media, uh, people, you know, I think creative is one thing that we really have to focus on. That's one reason there's so many, uh, eyes on it from a legal standpoint. Um, I think they're also looking at like, how could this be spun? Uh, people like to, you know, they'll jump on anything to take a screenshot of an ad and like spin it into something and then you're blowing up on social media. Um, so there's a lot of that that we think about. And then at, like I was saying, you need to also monitor and see, like have ears out there. Well, what are people saying? Like what what is trending for us on Twitter or um, any of the other platforms and, and being able to address that if, if necessary. Um, and then there's some <clears throat> that's more proactive. There's some reactive things, too, that I, I've dealt with. Um, just once stuff does get spun or uh, there's something in the media 
there's a lot of things that you need to be cognizant of as well. Uh, making sure that you're adding negatives to like your SEM account to make sure you're not showing up for people searching for like media coverage or you don't want to be associated with whatever uh, is being said. Um, and then the same thing with social media as well. Uh, so there, there can be some fire drills. Uh, I've, I've heard of many, uh, well, not many, but I've heard of some instances where uh, they're getting phone calls late at night because something got published or started trending um, and the team has to jump on and uh, kind of make sure that we're as distant as possible from it. But Definitely a good reminder to set up your Google alerts for your clients and then uh, also follow them on social media. And like you say, like what's trending just so that you're, you're on top of it as much as possible and other eyes and ears out supporting as well. Yep. Google uh, news alerts set those up too. So anytime <laughs> yep. they come up in the news, you get, you can see uh, what, what the deal is. Your legal team will thank you for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, being a millennial over the last year and a half, a huge point of conversation in my friend group at least has been um, that you know, interest has not had to be paid on student loans or payments haven't had to be paid um, given the COVID-19 pandemic and actions by our government. Um, are there other factors that have affected your client's strategy or just trends in the financial services vertical uh, from the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic? And maybe, um, Dan, direct this over to you. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously nobody could predict the the craziness of, of 2020. Um, and, and as, you know, Chris mentioned, the, the last thing you want to do is have someone take a screenshot of a creative you're running um, and come off insensitive. So, you know, we saw a, a major uptick in our performance uh, for one of my clients. Um, and one thing we wanted to make sure of is that we're still able to be available um, for our customers, um, but also being sensitive to, to what people are going through. Um, you know, we were definitely, everyone has, has seen it in the news, we're all in this together. And that's really the approach our, our clients were taking when thinking about what creative to, to run or even what ad copy to use. Um, so it's definitely affected um, this strategy moving forward. Um, you know, one other thing that um, has, has come out uh, in 2020 is the, the iOS 14 update. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's definitely had a major impact on um, how we're able to to run Facebook and, you know, other um, apps, other social media apps, whether it be, you know, Twitter, um, you know, LinkedIn, they're, they're all being impacted by it. So that's something that is definitely top of mind for, for our clients. I think another thing, too, that um, most people don't think about with this, you know, financial services space um, during the pandemic is just how we're measuring like success for our clients too. Um, in banking, it was really interesting to see um, those informational pages really come um, kind of be the highlight of a lot of their traffic with the um, paycheck protection mm -hmm. program. And then the stimulus checks coming out, we're seeing huge increases um, you know, last summer for queries like, how do I deposit my stimulus check into a bank account? Um, things like that. So it was big mm -hmm. wins for our clients when we have the 
the content that we can reach the users with. Um, and sometimes it's not even making sure someone opens a bank account. It's knowing that they searched for how to deposit their check without, without an ID or something like that. And we gave them the answer top of the search results page. Might not have gotten a click, but the impression there is what is the successful metric. And um, I think the pandemic also really highlighted that for financial services is being a partner, not only with our client, but their customers too. I think it gave a lot of value to what we do and just knowing that when people need to know how to handle their money, um, we've done our jobs really well to be answering that and what a better way to build trust with potential consumers than, than to answer those questions for them in a time of need. Yeah, and, and uh, Guy, you mentioned student loans specifically there at the beginning of the question. Um, it was a pretty, for that space in particular last year, it was pretty wild when those announcements came out. Uh, the SEM front specifically, we were getting just huge influxes of traffic on the, the search student loans. So we already struggle with like trying to navigate intent mm -hmm. with like these very uh, high volume um, keywords that we, that we work with. Um, but that just made it even more complex. So luckily we weren't getting a huge amount of clicks, but uh, that was something else that was kind of uh, unexpected and drove up costs to an extent, but also we saw it as an opportunity to, again, kind of get that exposure. And as long as the messaging and everything um, was adapted and a little more sensitive to the current environment, uh, it, it's there's kind of a brand play there as well. Super interesting. Uh, now that we're coming out of the pandemic, what strategies are in place for for clients? I mean, obviously not uh, super nitty gritty, but like at a high level, like what sort of trends are you expecting to see? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of clients are are starting to think out out of the box tactics now. Um, you know, it's very different twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. Just in terms of planning and then, you know, trying to align on roadmaps and align your, your KPIs now are very different than what they were 2019 and, and even 2020. Um, so I think really just trying to figure out if your, you know, kind of evergreen strategy is still going to work. Um, and then what kind of out of box um, tactics. So, you know, a lot of uh, TikToks come up in a lot of conversations. I know. Um, admittedly, I, I've been on TikTok, and you know, you see a lot of um, financial ad advice. So, you know, they're they're really starting to explore that a, as an option. It's okay, Dan. I think we've all been on TikTok. Yep, yep. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but I went to the dark side. <laughs> you you can learn a lot in just a few seconds. It's good. Or a few hours go by mm -hmm. in a few seconds. <laughs> it's all for work, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's research. And that's it for this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. Huge thanks to our guests, Libby, Dan, and Chris for joining us today. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So stay in touch with us and let us know what you want to hear about next by emailing us at digitalmarketingmusings at merkleinc.com. Also, if you haven't already, definitely hit that subscribe button and please rate and review us. It helps others find our show. And last but not least, please be sure to tell a friend. Until next time, I'm Andrew McCartney. And I'm Gaia Reed. Bye.